Well, saints, let's go to God in prayer. I'm teaching tonight, Reverend Rosemary, our excellent Bible study teacher. We'll be back next Wednesday to teach the Bible study. So you got me today. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you honor and glory. Give you praise. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Father of our Lord Jesus and our Father, we adore you. We magnify you. Blessings have come to us from you. And we bless you. We praise you for these blessings. The Bible says, blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. For these blessings that make rich to which you add no sorrow, we bless you, we praise you, we magnify you. Say with the sweet psalmist of Israel, with David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. God forgives all our iniquities. We bless you for this. You heal all our diseases. For this we bless you. Lord, you deliver us from destruction. We bless you. You hide us under your canopy, your covering. We bless you. Your banner over us is love, love that has saved us. And so we bless you. You don't deal with us after our sins, but as a father deals with a child, oh Lord, have you dealt with us? And so we bless you. Renew our youth like the eagles, satisfying, filling our mouths with good things. We bless you for your goodness to us, the sons of men. We bless you for goodness and mercy that follow us every day of our lives. We bless you that you have not allowed the enemy to exact upon us, the oppressors to exact upon us, the rod of the oppressor to remain upon our necks, our shoulders, his yokes on our necks. Lord, we bless you for your anointing that has destroyed yokes and is continually delivering and releasing us. We bless you for the blood of Jesus that continually cleanses us from all sin. Lord, we bless you. Praises, worship, honor, and adoration to you, oh God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being our help, our savior, our healer, our deliverer, 
our shepherd. And because you are all these things to us, the omnipotent God, all-powerful God, who is everywhere and always present with us, our Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, omnipresent God, omniscient God, all-wise God, who makes all things perfect and all things well for us in your own time and your own way. We bless you. We bless you. We thank you for today. Open our hearts to the word of God. Guide us into truth, truth that will transform us into your image and the image of your son, our savior and Lord Jesus. I pray for specific insights, specific words of, of wisdom, solutions, answers to questions on the hearts and minds of your people. Address specific situations by your Holy Spirit through the teaching of the Word of God. As you minister your life through me today. Thank you. Thank you that healing will come also to the sick, deliverance to the oppressed, strength to the weak. In the name of Jesus, direction to anyone confused or seeking you for clarity. This will come. This will be the portion. And do, Lord, more than we have asked. And more than your people have on their minds. Thank you that you do this by the power of your Holy Spirit. Who works in us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I would like to share with you tonight on being aware of the presence of God. Being aware of the presence of God, you know, awareness of God's presence. As a matter of fact, uh, I began a teaching on the presence of God this past Sunday. And in this Bible study, uh, I'm actually going to do, be doing a series uh, on Sundays. But in this Bible study, I want to share with you about uh, being aware of the presence. On Sunday, I taught about the presence itself. Uh, but I want to emphasize on our awareness of the presence of God. You know, uh, for example, just, just a quick example. If you're driving alone by yourself in your car, you know, you know physically you are alone. Uh, but do you actually think of the Lord being there with you? Uh, that's something that 
Christians, believers in Christ, uh, we have to practice. You know, you may have heard about practicing the presence of God, or maybe not. But if you haven't, uh, then you just heard it tonight. Uh, we have to practice the presence of God. An example is what I just said. Uh, if you're driving alone in your car, be mindful of the fact that the Lord is there with you in your car. I mean, he lives in us, in our hearts, in our spirit, yes. Uh, but if you were, for example, to think of somebody next to you, uh, the way that we are, humans and how we relate to things. If you think about somebody next to you, you'd be more conscious of it. And so start there, start there. Uh, and just mentally, it'll just make you more conscious uh, until you get to a point where it's just your, it's just uh, not even your second nature, it's your nature. It's just part of you. You just know that the Lord is there uh, with you. Amen. Uh, I'm sort of thinking, uh, wondering if I could, I could, I should go to an example that I used on Sunday. Um, that there were two sisters and I use them to represent born again believers, uh, two sisters uh, that Jesus visited, Martha and Mary. Remember they had a brother called Lazarus. But anyway, on this occasion, Martha was serving the Lord Jesus and her sister Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word of Jesus of the Lord. And Mary, Martha complained that Mary was not helping her and wanted Jesus to tell um, Mary to come help her. And Jesus said to Mary, to Martha, you know, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things and also distracted. But Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. When I taught it, I made, I brought this out that the reason why Jesus said what Mary had chosen could, would, could not be taken away from her was because what he had chosen had transformed her. So as long as she was alive, she was what she had become through the choice that she made. And her choice was listening to the word of the Lord Jesus, you know, paying attention to the Lord and receiving his word. And so uh, reading the word of God, hearing God's word, such as you're doing now uh, is, part of practicing uh, the presence of God. You know, 
Mary was in the presence of Jesus. Mary sat at his feet. So she was right there in his presence. I mean, like physically in his presence, but was listening to the word and receiving the word. So even after Jesus left, the words she had heard stayed with her. And the word changed her. She became the word. And once the word changes you, it can't be taken away from you because you changed. You've become this new person. Amen. I mentioned another example. This is from the Bible. But a man called Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. Who just happened to have this fortunate, uh, very fortunate incident. You know, okay in his house and in his life. King David uh, needed to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, to the city of David, to Jerusalem, the spiritual or religious headquarters at the time. But David was afraid. Uh, and he was afraid because two people had just died when they tried to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And it actually happened only because they did not follow the laws that God had given to the people of Israel at the time on how to carry uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And so when those two people touched it, they, they dropped dead. Uh, because basically sin cannot touch God. The ark represented Jesus and sinful man cannot touch that. We have to uh, be changed to connect with him. <laughs> Amen. You know, you don't put new wine in old bottles, you know. Consistency, the difference uh, will cause a rupture, destruction of the vessel. And so that's what happened. The old sinful man comes into contact with live, living power. And it's like somebody touched, you know, 10,000 volts of raw electricity. Uh, it'll kill them, you know. It's just natural laws, natural things. If you now look at spiritual power that is passed through a, a container that is not made for it, obviously it's going to destroy it. That, that's, that's the simplest way of looking at it. So when David said, saw that, David said, hold on, I'm not touching this ark. And... 
where they were, the closest house was, happened to be Obed Edom's house. And he was also a Levite uh, a priest. He was in a priesthood. So David parked the Ark of God in this man's house. Now, since the Ark of God represents the presence of God or the Lord Jesus, you know, back then, it would be God's presence, but uh, it prophetically and symbolically spoke about Jesus Christ. And so basically this man had Jesus in his house. Uh, well, back then, Old Testament, this would be God in his house. For three months, uh, we are not told any details as to how he handled the ark, what he did. As long as he remained alive, we know that he didn't do what they had been expressly told not to do. For example, they're not supposed to look inside the ark, you die. Uh, and so being a priest, you know, he'd been taught how to handle the ark. So evidently, I mean, he stayed alive. So evidently he handled the ark properly. Uh, and God was so pleased uh, that God blessed him. God blessed him tremendously. And David heard that God had blessed him. Uh, and so David was not as apprehensive as he was previously. He's like, oh, okay, the man didn't die, didn't kill him. All right, so let's find some priest to carry the ark on their shoulders. They put rods, you know, through like holes that are designed uh, onto the, the box. The ark is like a box, you know, uh, and the priest will carry the rods holding the, carrying the ark on their shoulders. That's actually the same uh, that Jesus will carry us on his shoulders. That's the significance of that. Everything in the Bible has a meaning. Uh, in Isaiah 9, you could, you could write this down. It's uh, actually, you know, let's turn to it. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Now we turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Verses six and seven. I want to show you something. Now, most of you are familiar with the scripture, actually. Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And just think about to us, unto us. So, Connect what we're reading to yourself. Personalize it. For unto us a child is born. This is like the Christmas story. For unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Something on your shoulder that you're carrying means that you are responsible for it. So he's a governor. He's the boss. He's the Lord. This is talking about the Lordship of Jesus and is also saying that 
He will be our sufficiency. He will be our provider. He will take care of us. Amen. All right. So as our priest, he's our priest. Our high priest, actually. It's our high priest. All right. So the priest carrying the ark on their shoulders, uh, you know, is uh, the Lord Jesus carrying you and I. All right, for unto us a child is born unto us. The son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we see his lordship, we see his leadership, but at the same time, we see him as being the boss or be and therefore being responsible for us. I hope you get it. For example, what is the highest office in most countries? What's the highest office in the country? President, right? President. But that president swears, takes an oath to protect the nation from enemies within and enemies without. So the government being upon the shoulders of Jesus means he's the president. Do you get it? He's a king of kings and the Lord of lords. But that also makes means that he is responsible for our protection. Now, for this message on the awareness of the presence of God, you have to now start thinking of what I just said daily. Lord, you are my protector. And sometimes even say it to him. That's how you practice the presence of God. You think it and you say it. If you've not been doing that, then you've not been actively practicing God's presence. So what happens then is when something goes wrong, something challenging happens in people's lives, Christians, because they've not been practicing the presence of God, it tends to be, excuse me, it tends to be hard for them to start believing and then go to God in prayer. You know, so they try so many different things. They think about seeing everyone else for help. And the last thing is, oh, after I've tried everything, they finally they pray. That's not how the Lord wants us to live. He wants you to be conscious of the fact that he's with you, just like I prayed at the beginning. And that David said to himself, he said, don't forget God's benefits. Remember, remind yourself of God's, God's benefits. See, that's part of practicing God's presence. All right? This is Bible study, so you have to be comfortable with different references. Still about David, very powerful reference. You're all familiar with it. It's Psalm 23. The David said in connection with this message, 
practicing the presence of God and the awareness of God's presence, David said, thou art with me. You are with me. David said in Psalm 23, you know it, but you probably never thought about it that way, that what he was doing there was practicing God's presence. We'll turn to it in a moment. Let me finish Isaiah 9. Uh, it was verses 6 and 7. Let's just read verse 7. Of the increase of his government, that's the government again, of the increase of his government, his kingdom, as a king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, we have to lift him up. Amen. There was a way to carry the ark to show that it was above all, it had to be carried on the shoulders, lifted up high on the shoulders of the priest. No other person could carry it but the priest. Hey, amen. It's just fascinating. A lot of uh, symbolism there. Um, the Lord Jesus, everything was made for him, made by him. All things are held together by him. So even the, the priest that were carrying the ark to symbolize lifted Jesus up, he was upholding them. Because it is in him we live, move, and have our being. He gave them the breath of life. He gave them strength. Excuse me. So basically, he's even telling us this, that our praise to God is incomplete without that praise going through Jesus to God. Should I say that again? <laughs> our praise to God is incomplete and really unacceptable to God, except that praise goes to God through Jesus. See, pastor, is that really biblical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. I want to teach you something that's not biblical. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but you don't have to take just my word for it and don't take any other pastor's word for it. They need to show it to you in the Bible. All right? Did you hear that? Right. We have too many Christians going astray today and getting confused because they just accept anything anybody says. No, don't do that. You have to see it in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, don't live by it. I'm just going to quote it because I, I want to finish Isaiah 9, but I'm going to quote this so you know it's in the Bible. And then maybe I'll read it again tonight. If not, you already have it. But again, I'm coming right back to Isaiah 9. And listen to this. Our praise must go to God through Jesus. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, verse 15. We offer praise to God through Jesus. Of course, Jesus told us we've got to pray to the Father in his name. So our prayer, which is part of practicing God's presence, our prayer itself 
goes to God through Jesus. So whenever you're praying, you know Jesus is in this. Spirit of God, help me to pray. Lead me, guide me, direct me. All right? Do you get it? Through him, through Jesus. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continue to practice the presence of God through praise or worship, praise to God through Jesus. Continually. This is not something you do one time. So I said daily, Lord, thank you for being with me. Lord, how shall I do, uh, go about this? What's our day going to be like? Ask him, talk to him like, you know, he's your partner. What's our day going to be like? What you want me to do? How's this going to be? You know, you guy, you lead, show me. That's practicing God's presence. And I'm telling you, when a challenge, the moment a challenge comes up, you not get flustered. And you not call a thousand people before you remember to talk to the Lord. See, today, today, we have all these people, and, and don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. We have all these people calling to all these prayer lines. Prayer lines are good, but you have to learn to pray yourself. And you have to have confidence in your own prayer. Some people only have confidence in their prophet's prayer. They are man of God's prayer. There's too much of that today. So people don't know God for themselves. And that's not Christianity. <laughs> that's at all. We are practicing something. A lot of us, in more, these modern days, it's not Christianity. It is not. Because we're going to God via other people. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to have any mediator between you and God, except Jesus. So that was, that was prayer. I mean, that was praise. I mentioned prayer. So praising and thanking God. You have to be aware that, oh, the Lord is helping me. My praise to go to, for my praise to go to God. You know, since we're in Hebrews, make it easy. Go to chapter 2. In Hebrews 2, probably verse 12. Give me a sec to find this. Look for this. You. This is about praise. This is this is awesome. This is a powerful scripture. It's amazing. The, the day I saw it, it changed, changed my life. I was blown away. Hebrews 2 and verse 12, right? You know, it, it'll, it'll make better sense if it's verse 12, but let's read from verse 11. Hebrews chapter 2. All right, what I want is verse 12. Yes, but I got to read from verse 11 so it flows. All right. So what, what are we studying? Being aware of the presence of God, awareness of the presence of God. Okay, Hebrews 2, verse 11. For both he that sanctifies, sanctify means to clean, to purify. 
you know, is saved as he washed us from sin. Okay. For both he that sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all of one. Let me explain that verse. Both he, both, right, they have two. Both he that sanctifies. So there's a person who sanctifies us. And they who are sanctified, that's us. The one who sanctified us with his blood is Jesus. And they who are sanctified, that's born again believers. So we who are sanctified and the sanctifier, the one who sanctified us, Jesus. So that's two, both Jesus and us. We are of one, one father, one God, one father God. Ephesians 4 talks about one God, one father of our, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Because of that, for which cause, he is not ashamed to call us brethren or brothers because we are of the Father, just as Jesus is of the Father. This is deep. This is powerful. The Lord Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. My goodness, he is our Lord and he calls us brothers. Why? Because his father has become our father. You remember when he was raised from the dead, he told Mary, go and tell my disciples, send an angel to tell Mary, to tell Mary, send an angel. And the angel told Mary to go and tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. And he said, go tell my brothers. And then he told Mary, if I went, Mary saw Jesus. Jesus told Mary, don't touch me for I have not yet ascended to my father. And then he said something that must have shocked Mary that day. He said, for I ascend to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Back then, the Israelites did not call God Father. For the first time, Jesus tells Mary, I'm ascending to God, my God, and your God. All this while when Jesus was on earth, whenever he prayed, he prayed to his Father. He didn't say, I'm praying to your Father. He said, I'm praying to my Father. He talked about his God. But after he died and was raised from the dead, he said to Mary, I'm ascending to my God and your God, to my father and your father. And then he vanishes from her sight. Then the angel of the Lord says to Mary, go and tell the disciples, that you have seen the Lord, and this is the Lord's message to them, that he's going ahead of them to Galilee. 
after he's ascended to the Father, he come back to the earth. You go to Galilee. They should meet him in Galilee. Just quick revelation there. Galilee was the headquarters of his ministry. So let's go to our base. Let's go to our place of strength. All right? Because they were, they were afraid. The disciples were afraid and they were scattered. He says, return to your place of, of strength. There's an example in, this is a Bible study, so you need to learn these things. There's an example in Acts chapter 4, where the disciples were beating for preaching the gospel. When they were released, they returned to the place of strength. In Acts 4, they went and met with their own company of praying people. So when the enemy wants to scatter you, find your place of strength. Go back to your place of strength. Go home. All right? I pray that the Lord will speak to people tonight. I'm sure he's speaking to somebody. You know, some young person who is being scattered, blown all over the place. Go back home. Go to your place of strength. If home is a place of comfort, if home is a place of strength, go back home. Forgive me for saying this, but even if you are 45 and the enemy is about to sift you like wheat and you have parents, praying parents, who support you, even though you are old, you are, you, you are an old person, think of yourself, grown person, I mean. To your parents, you are still their baby. Go home. You are 35, 25, whatever. Go home. Don't ever feel like, you know, I'm too old to go back to my base of strength. Go home. After Jesus was raised from the dead, the disciples are scattered. They are afraid. Jesus said, go and tell them to meet me at our headquarters. Amen. Go back to your place of strength. As I said to you in Acts chapter four, verse 23, we, let's put it up, let's this Bible study, let's do this. Let's go, let's go, let's go. People, Acts four, 23. You're learning a lot tonight, right? Acts four, look at the awareness, look at the presence of mind that they had. Acts 4, verse 23. And being let go, that is being released. After they were released, they went to their own company. You see that? Find your company, your own people. I'm telling you. Well, find your own people. Find your own. You have to have like a prayer partner, a core group of people you hang with who can pray and know how to pray. All right. 
and being released, they went to their own people and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And watch this, when they heard this, they lifted their voices in unity to God. That's the next verse, verse 24. And they prayed and said, Lord, you are God. God knows he's God. What are they doing here? This is a reminder to themselves. They're encouraging themselves in the Lord. Yes, yes. And that's what I was teaching you that David did. And you all know it from Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. He reminded himself, you are with me. David was the one who said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Yes. And I taught some of that on Sunday. The Sunday, the first message on the presence. God's goodness is God's presence. Amen. We learned that on Sunday. Whenever you see good, that means God. Good, that means God. Good, that means God. Good is God's presence. God is there. God did something. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Whenever God created something, God said, and it was good. God saw it was good. God saw it was good. Well, Moses said, God, if your presence does not go with us, don't take us. We will not go without your presence. Exodus 33. And in the same place, Moses says, God, show me your glory. God says, I'll show you my goodness. The manifestation of the goodness of God is the manifestation of God's glory. That is telling you God is present. God is here. And that is what David prayed for in Psalm 23. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. The Lord doesn't change, so you are not consumed. I pray for goodness and mercy to overwhelm you. It is the goodness of God that leads us to salvation. In God's goodness, there's salvation. In God's goodness, there's healing. In God's goodness, there's deliverance. Why? Because God is good. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. That what? He went about doing what? Good. The anointed does good. God's presence brings goodness. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I pray for the anointing of God to be released into your life. That goodness will come. God will come. Where God is, there's goodness. Where God is, there's liberty. Where God is, there's freedom. I pray for that goodness to come. Are you seeing this? You have to always, always remind yourself, God is with me. God is here. Practice that till it becomes not second nature, your very nature. Amen? All right. So Acts 4. These, these guys were, had just been beating for preaching the gospel and being threatened not to preach anymore in Jesus' name. Let me, let me go back. Let me go a few verses back. Uh, let's go back to Acts 4, 
I think verse 23 is what I read, right? Saints, let's take maybe what? I read 23. So let's take 21. Let's go to say 21. Acts 4, 21. So when they had further threatened the disciples, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Somebody had been healed. A cripple had been healed. Verse 22, for the man was about 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed, was shown. Verse 23, Acts 4, 23. And being let go. Now notice they had just been threatened not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus Christ. Harassed for preaching the gospel of Jesus. My goodness. And when they left, the moment they were released, they went to their own company. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Let's go to verse 24. Watch, watch, watch how they prayed. Pay attention, please. Let's pay attention to how they prayed. Acts 4, now 24. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. They, plural, lifted up their voice to God. So we can pray in unison. They, plural, not just one person. Plural, praying, the company, the group. And they lifted up their voice to God with one accord in agreement. One accord, that's agreement. And said, Lord, you are God. So when you have been threatened at work or any kind of threat comes against you, this is how you pray. You don't say, Lord, look at my problems. Oh, God, what's going on? No, 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 no. Exalt the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Begin to lift it. This is how you pray. They said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and everything that's within it. When you begin to lift the Lord up, the high priests, those threatening you, the bullies, they become tiny in your own eyes, in your own sight. If you don't do this, then you're going to act like the people of Israel did when they saw the giants. The report was that they, the people of Israel, who had God on their side, they said, we look like grasshoppers. And our opponents, our enemies, they, they are giants. Grasshopper mentality against the giant. You see, the presence of mind they had, they had not been thinking about God. They had not been dwelling on the word of God. They had not been meditating on the word of God. So when the problem came, they saw the giants. They're like, oh my God, I'm dead. Well, you can't be dead. You're talking. Dead people don't talk. I always use this example more of uh, being in a temperate zone, just, you know, climate. 
In winter time, it snowed, there's ice, some of this car is slipping, you know, and, and they have no control because, you know, there's no friction. And they say, oh my God, I'm dead. And I always say, don't say that. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. He's in the car with you. Call on Jesus. Save me, Lord. Christians, let's do this. Call on Jesus. He's there. He's there. Amen. Ten people said we are like grasshoppers. And two people. There were 12 altogether. Ladies and gentlemen, these were leaders. Leaders of a nation. So that's, that's what happens to us. Some of the leaders of our nations are full of fear. Ten leaders who are supposed to spy out the land that God had given to them, a land of fulfilled with prosperity, a land flown with milk and honey. It's like some countries have oil, they have gold, they have timber, they, they have cocoa, you know, they have diamonds and they are poor. Why? Because they have leaders who have grasshopper mentality. And two, Joshua and Caleb said, God is with us. See, they had the presence of mind. How did Joshua get that? When you go back to Joshua chapter one, God told him the secret. He said, meditate in the word of God day and night. Meditate on the word day and night. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are driving, turn on the scriptures. A message like this, go to YouTube tomorrow. Listen to it again. After tonight, decide that I will no longer be in the habit of being a Christian who listens to a message only once. You go to church, you listen to that Sunday message. Reverend Janice preaches a powerful message. You are blessed, you enjoy it, and that's it. You never listen to that message ever again. No, if you do that, then it did not, in fact, really impact you, or you did not really believe that it was a very good message. Because if it was, you go back and listen to it again. Pastor Afu preaches a good message. Go back, listen to it again. Thank God for technology today. It's, it's Spotify, is that what it is called? YouTube, Facebook, it's there on the internet, it's free. Let, fill your heart with the word of God so that when the giants of your industry rise against you, you can say, God is with me and I'm able to overcome. And I will also live and enjoy the goodness of the land. My God has set before me a table in the presence of my enemies. That's Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And remember the message, the title, awareness of the presence of God. David said, for you are with me. You are with me. Hallelujah. When they were released, they went to their own company, lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made the heavens, you made the earth. Look at that. You made the heavens. So you think about Orion, Pleiades, 
Arcturus, the constellations. Think about it. Some of you, you, you know, you're like uh, Pastor Afo. You, you're scientifically minded. You know, you know some astronomy. So you think about, man, the starry heavens. You're like, wow, God made all that. So what can't he make for me? See, you have to be able to relate these examples to your life. And then they quote the scriptures. Man, you have to learn how they prayed here. It's beautiful. The next verse, Acts 4, verse 25, they quote scripture to God. They bring God's word back to God. Just like I'm teaching you and I'm quoting things David said from Psalm 23, you know, Psalm 103, they did the same thing. Acts 4.25, they said, you, by the mouth of your servant David, you have said, wow, I love it. Ah, look at this prayer. By the mouth of your servant David, you have said. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Let's go on to verse 26. to change your life. They keep on, Acts 4, now 26. The kings of the earth came and the rulers were assembled together against the Lord and against his Christ. Oh, oh my goodness. Do you see what the disciples are doing? The disciples have been threatened, beaten and threatened. And now they're saying, Lord, they didn't come against us. They came against you. They turned the battle to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. You see, and this kind of prayer and, and praying, manner, my, my time is up. This kind of, of prayer, this manner of prayer comes from being aware of the presence of God. Amen. For unto you, a son is born. Unto you a child is given. Ladies and gentlemen, the government of your life is on his shoulders. He will lead you beside stilled waters. I pray that the Lord will lead you by waters of peace. Waters of tranquility. That you restore your soul. I pray for the healing of your mind and your emotions. Ah, may the Lord heal your bones and your marrow. May the Lord breathe life into you. And may you soar up with wings of the mighty eagle to come to the place God has appointed for you. Amen. This lesson has been on the presence of God practicing the presence of God, being aware of the presence of God. And it starts with thinking about the Lord, reminding yourself, the Lord is with me. You never leave me. You never forsake me. He said that to me in Matthew 28. Go into the world. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. In this prayer in Acts 4, then after magnifying the Lord and quoting the scripture to God, then they told the Lord God what they wanted him to do. They said, Lord, 
stretch forth your hands and work signs and wonders by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Back then, the apostles prayed that miracles would be done by the name of God's holy child, Jesus. Today, we're looking to preachers and bishops and archbishops and prophets to work miracles for us. They are selling us oil. They are selling us this. They are selling us that. That is not Christianity. That is not Christianity. In the Bible, in Acts 4, they prayed and said, Lord, stretch forth your hand and work signs and wonders by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And the place where they were was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they received boldness. Went out and preached the word. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word. With signs and wonders following. He was right there with them. Present with them. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Lord is with you. Right now. As for God's blessings upon you, blessings that make rich, to which God adds no sorrow. May the Lord continue to give you insight, revelation in the knowledge of him through this word that you have heard. Stir up a hunger in your heart for more of him. Bless you abundantly and make you a blessing in Jesus' matchless name. By the faith of God, I call it done. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Glad you could join me uh, tonight. Uh, tell somebody about World Missions Ministries. Uh, we are on YouTube and Facebook. Sundays, 11 a.m. Uh, you can join us on YouTube or Facebook. That's World Missions Ministries. Or if you are in the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area, join us in person at 11 a.m. for the Word of God at World Missions Ministries, 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. That's USA, of course. 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. 20735. And it's the information is actually now on your screen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week, Wednesday, 7:30 uh, for Bible study. God bless. Bye-bye.